The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello and happy, what is it? Tuesday? Today's Tuesday, right? Today's Tuesday. Object Salveson, Eric Franson, live here on the Full Court Press, one day before Pioneer Day, the day that football gets underway in regards to Mountain West Conference Media Day begins today. The West Division is up today, the Mountain Division is up tomorrow. Tipanale, Jordan Love, who, by the way, has a campaign going for him. You can find that on Twitter. Uh, they're up tomorrow. Eric Franson, Object Salveson. Eric? It's Tuesday all day today. It is Tuesday all day. I, I couldn't remember. But, by the way, hey, just so everybody knows, let's get this out of the way. We have no show tomorrow. So if you're tuning in at 4 o'clock tomorrow, we will not be on the air. Questions, thoughts, concerns, clean jokes. Good, let's move on. Uh, I hope you're out doing something fun. Uh, barbecue or... What are you going to do? Lighting off some fireworks. I, mean, I know you just got back from uh, Catalina, but... Uh, <laughs> that was not Catalina. <laughs> No, uh, I'm. Yeah, it'll be nice to. Uh, it, sometimes you need a little break from having a break. Oh yeah. Some well, vacations. Well, some vacations you go on are just really chill. Uh, this last break I had was the opposite of that. It was a humanitarian thing, so we were working our butts off. So it'll be nice to have a little chill for a day. Um, but no, the, today's a big day because all the polls came out, preseason polls for the Mountain West, preseason player, offensive player, defensive player, special teams. How close did we get last night, Ajay? We tried to predict this, and we we made it very clear our predictions are meaningless. Yeah, near spot on. But we thought we'd still take a crack at it, so and we got pretty close. I was going to say, saying that, you know what? We, we said it's meaningless, but when you're actually almost spot on with but the Mount West picks said, you know what, actually, it is facts. It's all facts. <laughs> we shouldn't doubt ourselves. <laughs> so, uh, we, offensive player, Jordan Love. Uh, no both duck. of us picked that. Uh, the season that he had, what he's, how he's improving and his confidence coming back. Um, yeah, He is the offensive uh, preseason player uh, of the year for the Mountain West Conference. The special teams player... Ajay, you and I disagreed a little bit on who we thought that might be. That Well, actually, yep. Jordan Love is the only one we did agree on. Yep. Um, but the Mountain West named... Um, my Cooper Ralph. Yeah, Cooper Ralph. Place kicker for Wyoming. Place kicker for Wyoming. He was a national finalist for the Lou Groza Award last year. It makes a lot of sense sure why he got recognized. Uh, that That's who I thought you... I think for great reasons, we're looking at Savon Scarver. Dominic Eberle could have been an easy choice. Uh, but nonetheless, Cooper Roth, he got the, the, the uh, recognition from the Mountain West on special teams. But defensive player, we didn't see that one coming. No, Boise State defensive lineman. He's a junior. Curtis Weaver has earned preseason Mountain West defensive player of the year accolades. And it's, you know... Pro- I'd love to Boise's, see the breakdown on this. I would like to know why as well. And, and there's no offense to Boise State. We both have them, at least in the top two of the preseason, you know... Pole, but it. I mean, we're looking at guys like David Woodward. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Juju, uh, the defensive guy for uh, or lineman for uh, for Fresno State. Who, by the way, you will hear from on later in the hour. Uh, Craig Hislop's down in Las Vegas. He's got audio for us uh, of players of uh, Commissioner Thompson, uh, who has uh, gave his thoughts and statements on the Mountain West football season coming up. But yeah, I, I did not see Curtis Weaver being in that running at all. No, I mean, I, I was looking at uh, Jeff Allison, linebacker, really good linebacker from Fresno Which is State. Not a bad pick, but um, anyway, so there were a lot of, uh, um, yeah, a lot of interesting things that went into this. I'd love to see kind of how that breaks well, down. And, 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 and by for the way, the, uh, the the player honors, I've, according to the media release, Weaver has earned uh, first team All Conference honors in back to back years. His junior season, he enters his junior season. Uh, with 20 and a half career sacks, which ranks second most among FBS defenders. Uh, he is two sacks shy of the Mountain West top five career sack list and eight from setting the conference record. <laughs> and by the way, he's been named to the uh, Benerick uh, Award preseason watch list. So uh, that's, uh, that's that's quite a resume. Yeah. I uh, still like Woodward, though. I, yeah. I, 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 no offense. I mean, this guy's got a heck of a resume, but... What Woodward did coming off of nobody 
knew who he was, and if they said he did, then they're lying. And what he ended up accomplishing, I still like Woodward. And by the way, he still got a lot to prove. Well, to to the Mountain West, I should say. Yeah, I, you know, I suspected that there might be a kind of a a, a swing to uh, to Woodward's favor because they a lot of people realized how s- just stupid they were, frankly, for how he didn't get recognized in the postseason awards last year, but. He did get some recognition, uh, along with a couple other Aggies, in addition to what Jordan Love got. Um, but there was an all-Mountain West team that was named for the preseason, and that includes uh, David Woodward. He's on there. Uh, but also defensive end Tipanaliai, uh cornerback DJ Williams, and Savon Scarver, uh, also named to that uh, list. So, um, the, the five Aggies tie with the Boise State Broncos for the most on the Mountain West Conference All-Team, which is pretty awesome. That's something you don't get to hear very often. No. Uh, but in all five are very obvious choices. Tipanalia, of course, is one of the best defensive linemen in the country. Jordan Love, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Savon Scarver, one of the best specialists in the country. And David Woodward is is making his way up there. Of course, he's on the Buckus uh, Award watch list, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, he's created a lot of noise. Uh, all four, obviously, really good choices. Well, yeah, and just sure tacklers, you know, the, the, the defensive guys, they don't, they don't miss. They don't let guys get through. Uh, they apply a lot of pressure to opposing quarterbacks, so that helps out a lot of other things that the defense wants to do. So, uh, really exciting the pre preseason recognition. Take it for what it's worth, uh, and that's always kind of I don't know what the right term is. It's a little. It, it sounds nice. It's more of a recognition of what you did last year, obviously, than what and, you yes. might do this year because. Lineups change, coaches change. Yeah, the the teams that you face are going to be different, and injuries sometimes play a factor too. But and, and and by the way, you know Matt Wells is. I remember last year when the Aggies were picked ninth or whatever, uh, or or fourth, whatever it was. He said, "You know what? It's all gonna. It's all based on last year." And and he says, "This year when we're competing for Mount West Championship, they're going to pick us to be second or first next year." Because we did good last year, and that's just how it is. And, and, oh, he's, yeah. and he's totally spot on with this regard. Yeah, now, th- let- those of us that were paying attention, that were going to the spring practices, that knew what was coming back, when those polls came out, we were all laughing silly yeah. because we knew oh, yeah. just how wrong it was and how wrong it would be for the 2019 or 2018 season. Yeah, and you probably had several conversations with people saying, wait, is this team really going to be that good? And you're thinking... Yeah. Are, yes. Uh, how, how would they – have you not seen? Okay, and, we and haven't then, seen, but – Look what the schedule is, too. It's powder oh, yeah. puff after powder puff. Yeah. How can Utah State not have a really high win They're schedule? looking at Michigan State, BYU, and Boise State is really the toughest games. Uh, obviously, Michigan State lived up. Boy, BYU did not. Boise State did. This year, you got LSU, Fresno State, San Diego State all on the road. you got Boise State at home. you got a BYU team who's severely ticked off. They you got them at home, and you got Fresno State in November. And by the way, that November, Eric, is a brutal, brutal month for Utah State. I thought they had them early. They don't get Fresno till November, so they got BYU, Fresno, and Boise all in November, Eric. Yeah, the, the, that'll that be tough. Rough. It'll be tough. It'll start out um, with some great challenges early on. Um, it somewhat evens out, but then it ramps up again <laughs> to finish it off. Hey, let me ask you, before we get to our preseason polls, is there anybody, if there's one player that's not on this All-Mountain West team from Utah State that probably could be by the end of the season, who would it be for you? Ooh, boy, that's a really good question. Um, probably uh, Alfred Edwards. Oh, I didn't think of him. Offensive lineman for Utah State. Good pick. I like that one. I, uh, you know, I think Baron Gronkowski could do some damage back there. Mm-hmm. He's a, a leader a and choice. enforcer. He's physical. He's going to create some havoc. He's loud. Uh, I think of the Wyoming linebacker senior last year. That kid who was causing havoc as a middle linebacker, the Mike. I think Barron could be just like him, if not even more aggressive and more productive. I, I like Barron Garkowski. Obviously, Dominique Eberle, if he can have another right. solid year, could be on that list too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, those 
those are just a couple that jump out at me right right away. Um, but um, yeah, I think there there could be a couple more that get added to that list. It could be first teamers or all Mountain West. But um, but yeah, nonetheless, uh, the, the, it's it's nice recognition for what it's worth. You have to keep kind of clarifying that. Yeah. But uh, beyond the the players individuals that got recognized today, they also came out with their uh, the, uh, the the poll, the preseason poll for you for the uh, for the season, and they did it by divisions. But when you look at the points based on who voted for what, it, it clues you into uh, what the 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 total overall ranking of the season would be. And again, we got that pretty close, Aj. Yeah, we were actually almost near spot on. As it goes, Fresno State number one with 122 total points. 17 first-place votes. Uh, Boise State with 120 points. 15 first-place votes. And then it's your Utah State Aggies. Six first-place votes with 108 total points. Uh, and then who do we got from there? We got... San Diego State. Yep. They got three first-place votes, 106 total points. Uh, so those were the four teams that received first-place votes. Which is how you votes. called it, right? Well, I had Boise and USU flipped. Oh, Other okay. than that... One through four, uh, for me, was the same. Okay, because, yeah, you had San Diego State. I flipped it. I had Nevada, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you had Nevada at number four. Before San Diego State, yep. Right. Uh, But they did have Nevada at number five. That's the the next team with the most points. So they had Nevada at number five, Air Force at number six, Hawaii at seventh, Wyoming at eighth. At ninth place comes in at Colorado State, followed by UNLV, New Mexico, and San Jose State. Now, when I look at the points, that again, they have a total point system. New Mexico's at 22, San Jose's at 21. That tells you how bad New Mexico is this year. I mean, that's, that is unreal to me, that New Mexico could be that lower tier to a San Jose, to a San Jose State program that in regards of men's football and men's basketball has, or excuse me, men's football uh, and of course, men's basketball—you could put that in the category too. But are just really, really, really uh, abysmal, almost embarrassing for the Mountain West too. Uh, but again, uh, Boise State uh, is—excuse me, Fresno State's first, Boise State second, Utah State third, San Diego State fourth, Nevada's fifth. Um, I and again, I think San Diego State and Fresno State, both on the road, are extremely tough challenges. You get San Diego State early. Uh, third game into the season, you get Fresno State towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the map. Uh, along with you got again Boise State there as well, and you got BYU in that mixture. And I just I don't like how that schedule set up for Utah State. It's it's mean. But uh, when you look at the poll, Eric, uh, I know we I know we were almost spot on. But I mean, does anything stand out to you? Well, the the only things that were different from what I what I had out there, uh, as we mentioned, Utah State, Boise State, just swapped. Uh, and then the other for me was Wyoming and Air Force were swapped. Other than that, my preseason poll was actually really, really close. Uh, so I don't, uh, I'm not the, su- really surprised. Um, Air Force has some, they had a, a quarterback issue last year. They didn't know who their guy was going to be. They went through three or four different guys, it seems like. Uh, there, there must be some uh, optimism about who they have coming back to have them uh, up that high. I'm a little surprised that Wyoming isn't as high because I thought they s- started to settle on who their quarterback for the future was going to be as the season went on uh, last year. They started to, to say, look, what we're trying isn't working. We're going to go with our young freshman. He shows more upside. So I am a little surprised that Wyoming isn't as high as, as, or fair. higher than they But don't are. you remember that quarterback mess that they had against Utah State going from one guy to the other, back to the – I mean, it was a horrific mess. It, it was mess. messy, yeah. I mean, I, I remember but I felt being like there. As, as the season progressed, I kind of felt better. like they started to settle they on who they out. were going to go with. But. Yeah. Uh, so today at Mount West Media Days, today your uh, your teams are going to hear from from the West Division, which includes Fresno State, Hawaii, Nevada, San Diego State, San Jose State – and UNLV tomorrow, which, by the way, again, no show tomorrow, so I have Thursday uh, full of audio for you from Air Force, Boise State, Colorado State, New Mexico, and Utah State, and, of course, Wyoming to 
close it out. So our good guy, Craig Hislop, he's down in Las Vegas right now. Oh, he's yeah. interviewing players. He's interviewing coaches. He was there when Craig Thompson made his uh, remarks today. We'll hear from some of those comments that he had today. But we'll check in with Craig here in about 15 minutes or so. He is there. He's been talking to some of the people. We'll get a quick flavor from him as to uh, you know what's what's going on in Las Vegas, what the sense, what the feel in the room is. Uh, it won't be very long. He's still working on doing interviews with coaches. <laughs> so we're going to kind of kind of on the fly. sneak in in between some of the coaches so we won't have much time with him. But it'll be good to get a sense for uh, what, what the feeling in the room is. Yeah. I understand that Utah State brought down a lot of materials today uh, to start the hype, the Jordan Love for Heisman campaign. How worried are you about that? Worried? I'm not worried. Last time we had a Heisman candidate campaign, the guy tore his knee out. Well, uh, you I know hate what? to be that person. Yes. But. Why do you have to say that? Uh, no, I think it's totally appropriate. I mean, Jordan Love had a great year as a sophomore. He's a junior. He's got a lot of upside, and you have to start these campaigns now, even if he's not even going to be in the running this this season. Uh, in case that he continues to improve, so. He catches people's attention, so he becomes part of the discussion as a legitimate contender his senior year if all continues at that trajectory that, that he's on. But they've even created a, a unique hashtag for him. It's hashtag 10V-E. When you write it out, it looks like love, and then it says for Heisman. So hashtag 10VE for Heisman because his number is 10. His last name is Love, so it's a play on numbers and words, so it's actually pretty clever. And they have like uh, little candies that they were handing out, uh, yeah, candy bars that. and some posters. So the the uh, Jordan Love for Heisman campaign is kicking off in full steam Do uh, today. you ever, and again, I'm going to play devil's advocate to this whole thing because I, I do love Jordan Love. I, I mean, no pun intended, but I honestly am a huge fan of him. The way he you know, composes himself, you know, is calm, cool, and collective in the pocket in the huddle, can lead his team. Uh, I, I love everything about Jordan Love. But does this kind of stuff put a target on Utah State's back, on Jordan Love's back, knowing, oh, yeah, we're going to go play the Heisman candidate, huh? Well, let's let's go show how big of a Heisman he really is. I, I mean, remember, you're at Fresno, at San Diego State, and you got Boise at home. Well, Utah State's going to have a target on their back no matter what. They were a top 25 team last year. You've got a guy who's a Heisman trophy candidate. Well, at least they're hyping him to be a Heisman trophy candidate. Utah State's going to have a target on their back no matter what the USU marketing team does to hype Jordan Love because of how they finished last year and the type of personnel they have coming back. So whenever you're at the top, everybody's going to be gunning for you to knock you down. And so whether they were doing this, whether they're making cute candies to hand out at media day or not, it's, it's not going to change anything. Utah State has teams gunning for them. And except for uh, a few years here and there, uh, just a few years ago, Utah State's always had a target. Since they entered the Mountain West, they've been a solid football program. There were, yeah, maybe a season or two there where they weren't. But other than that, they've been a solid football program. So, yeah, people are going to be bringing their best when they play Utah State because they know it's a good football program. You can have good football teams, and when those good players graduate or when they leave, it's not the same. But Utah State had a little bit of a weird period there with uh, a, a quarterback that plateaued, never really improved. But with Jordan Love and, and with this system, um, with Mike Stanford, Gary Anderson... Utah State should be good, and teams are going to try to play their best when they face them. Fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. Again, Jordan Love, you're named as your, uh, as your preseason Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year. In fact, he's the first to receive such an accolade since Jucky Keaton of 2014. Uh, while Kyle Fackrell was voted the Mountain West Preseason Defensive Player of the Year prior to the 15 campaign, again, Jordan, Jordan Love on the All-Mountain West team is, of course, senior defensive end T. Penalier. Senior cornerback DJ Williams, who, by the way, is going to have a monster. I just know it. And I think you have that feeling, too. Like everyone says, oh, man, we're going to miss John Trill. We're going to miss Gage. I think DJ he's Williams is going to feel just fine, hawk. don't you think? 
Uh, and then junior kickoff returner Savon Scarver also turned wide receiver, and junior linebacker David Woodward, who both of us think are, is going to have a huge, huge, huge year as well. So again, that ties the uh, with the five guys ties Boise State for the most in the Mountain West team list. Let's do this. We're uh, take a step aside now. We're yep. going to come back here in just a few minutes. We'll hear from Craig Thompson some of his thoughts about. Uh, you know, TV deals that are being negotiated right now. Interesting comments Boise about, oh, yeah. I'm Bo- so angry about does that. Boise and Hawaii, they, they've they had a, uh, some different deals. Does that change don't get me started. going forward or, or not? Uh, and then also coming up here in a little while, we're going to have a conversation, a quick uh, uh, check-in with Craig Hislop. He's down there in Las Vegas at Media Days following along, uh, talking to players and coaches and we'll get a, a feel for uh, what's going on down there in Las Vegas for Mountain West Media Days. Coming up next on the Full Court Press. When it first started off, it was just Lincoln Park. And then in the middle. Eric France and LJ Salas in 424 Your Time here on July 23rd. Again, no show tomorrow. We'll be back on Thursday to give you all the audio that we can possibly give you that you can possibly handle as Utah State Aggies will uh, do their media stuff tomorrow. Hey, Ajay, if you were a firework, what would your name be? What in the bloody heck are you talking about right now? And you're lucky I didn't swear. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, have you been to a fireworks stand lately? And you look at some of the names? I just wondered if you were a firework. What are you trying to do? Because people are going to be lighting them off tonight and tomorrow. I, I, the day after tomorrow? I don't know. Sparklers, because I just don't go away. I, I don't know. I Firecracker? Sure. Let's go with firecracker. Black Mamba? Dark what? Mamba? Brown Mamba? What is your problem? But how do you do... I guess it would be like a fountain with like smoke. That's that's yours. That's right there. You're the fountain of smoke. <laughs> how does that make you feel? Did you know you can buy one that's like a pooping dog? Oh, my hell. Let's go. <laughs> Okay. I don't have time for this right now. I, okay. Y'all, what in the fetch were you it's doing there? Fireworks man? time. It's you fireworks time. Y'all, I, mean, I can't wait. Son, this one's for you. It's a, like one of those spinners or whatever. I just, I can't wait. Could be tanks that shoot at each we're other. We're going to name our kids after fireworks. Oh, let's get on with it. Craig Thompson, or Commissioner Thompson, I should say. Mountain West Commissioner was uh, at the podium to talk about uh, a few things. Eric, you cut the audio. What's uh, tell me some okay, of the topics so you want to hit on? He he wanted to spend a big chunk early on about you know, student welfare, and we take care of our student athletes, and we do it better than anybody. And okay, that's nice. It's true, <laughs> but no. When it came to the question and answer period, nobody wanted to talk about that. They want to talk about bowl revenue. They wanted to talk about. TV deals. They wanted to talk about both tie-ins, college football playoff expansion. That that's sorry, but that, that really is the interesting part about all of it. But I do applaud the Mountain West for what they're trying to do to help student athletes. And that's that's good. But uh, there is a big question about TV revenue because the Mountain West is in a period right now where they're renegotiating some deals, and he wasn't ready to admit or announce what those deals are going to be. He may be reserving some of that for tomorrow. Uh, or they're still in negotiations. But he did talk a little bit about what Mountain West is doing with and what's on the uh, coming down the pipe for TV revenue in the Mountain West. Very confident that there'll be more, more revenue. Um, we're going to go shorter, our, our initiative, and, and I'm not going to get into the back and forth, but uh, we're not going to go uh, as long as some of the more recent contracts have been extended. I think because the world is changing so much as we're talking today, now this doesn't kick in until July 1, 2020 next year, who knows how we're going to receive you know, our, our programming. And, and then if you think 12 years down the road, 10 years down the road, even eight years down the road, it could be a completely entirely different. So we're going to keep it a little shorter. Yeah, that was interesting that uh, because – the the media landscape is changing so much, and he spent a lot more time talking about streaming and how you know Utah State was team. the first game uh, that had a Facebook Live, uh, and he, he talked about how that was a great thing to pioneer some of that stuff. That um, there's been on Twitter, uh, the, there are other streaming services that are out there, and who knows what the media landscape is going to look like here in a couple of years. So. Uh, he wanted to, to make it a shorter-term deal, but 
he's alluding to the fact that it will be a richer TV contract than what it has been. Additionally, the question was asked, will Boise State get a special exception like they've been getting under the current deal, which means they earn more money when they have a national TV game at home. And and Hawaii also has a little bit different TV deal than everybody else in the Mountain West because they are a football only. So they don't get TV revenue unless it reaches a certain threshold, which he explains both of those uh, uh, as well. Two separate membership agreements. Uh, certainly we negotiate Boise State's home football separately, and that will continue and is continuing. Hawaii is not a participate participant in our TV package until a certain financial threshold. Uh, optimistically, we'll meet that threshold, so we'll probably need to revisit that with the University of Hawaii. This bugs me. This bugs me. Why do we ballot defeat a Boise State? Look, if they want to get their big chunks of millions and millions of dollars, send them off, go somewhere else, and find find another different way to make it happen. Because us at the, you know, Boise State at this threshold of a, of a throne, and us bowing to them, looks really embarrassing to an extent. Well, I, I kind of understand why they made the deal when they made the deal. Because teams were flying all over the place. This conference, and there was realignment happening all the time. So they kind of had to do this to keep them in the Mountain West. But... I think the Mountain West has improved to such a degree that it's not a Boise, it's not doesn't belong to Boise State, and so uh, I'm surprised that this deal is still there. Uh, he talks about conference realignment. We'll get into that a little bit later as well, but I, I think it's yeah, it, it's frankly a little ridiculous that 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 exception is still there to give Boise State even more compensation than everybody else. Uh, and it sounds like that will continue and that will go forward. So, uh, just that's what it's going to be. So, uh, but you know what? Boise State is a national brand. You have to give them that. And they, they do get ratings on, on, on TV. So, it is what it is. Let's do this. Let's uh, take a, yeah, let's take a step aside. We've got Craig Hislop uh, joining us. He's down there in Las Vegas talking to players and coaches, getting a sense for what's going on today for day one of Mountain West Media Days. We'll take a quick step aside, and when we come back, hear from the great one, the coach, coming up next on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Four thirty-three, your time. Eric France and Aj Salveson on the Full Court Press, July twenty-third. No show tomorrow, but Mountain West Media Days got underway today. We sent one man down there because we only need this man to do the job, and he does a heck of a job at it. It's Craig Hislop joining us live from Las Vegas and live from Mountain West Media Days. Craig, thanks for your time. Hey, I'm glad I came because Nick Rolovich, the uh, Hawaii coach, was here. He always is here, but he always brings somebody with him. And this year he brought a uh, lady who is a psychic, a card-reading psychic, and um, she was there for three hours. We were all of us lined up because we're getting a reading for free, and <laughs> most of us didn't get to the front of the line. She left. <laughs> that was that was the highlight of the day so far. Because yeah, he has brought like a showgirl with him before. He yes, brought an Elvis yes. impersonator. You're right. And this today was, he brought. A fortune teller. Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, gosh. And then most of us didn't get a chance, so maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, what's your initial feel? What's what's the feeling in the room today as uh, Mountain West Media Days kick off and we're getting ready for the 2019 football season? Well, remember that today it's just all the teams from the West Division, and uh, tomorrow we'll get the Aggies and Boise State and others in here. But the, the first thing, the polls, the Mountain Division – Favorite again is Boise State, but Utah State's just 12 points behind. Air Force third. I would have put Wyoming and maybe even Colorado State ahead of Air Force, but that's just me. And then New Mexico, obviously, sixth in the division. On the other side, Fresno State favored, but San Diego State, which will be better this year, uh, and got three first-place votes, uh, is second and 16 points total behind Fresno State. The Aggies did get six first-place votes by the way. So in the West Division, Fresno State, San Diego State, Nevada, Hawaii, UNLV, 
and the San Jose State. I'm a little disappointed in the preseason All-Mountain West team. Jordan Love was on that team, but there's no other offensive player from Utah State listed on the first team. The Aggies had uh, Tipanaliai and David Woodward and uh, D.J. Williams on the all-defensive team, and Savon Scarver is on the specialist. And it's hard to look and see the uh, place kicker specialist is Cooper Roth of Wyoming over Dominic Everly. But, you know, Roth's stats were unbelievable last year. And um, so so that's you, know, you have to live with that. It's just a lot of talk about uh, everybody's optimistic right now. And uh, we'll probably hear more of the same uh, tomorrow. Eric, you, uh, not Eric, sorry, Craig, you, you see that uh, Fresno State and Boise State and Utah State picked in that order of the Mountain West uh, Conference Championship. It, do yeah. you get the feeling that it's all just based off of last year, that there's no thought of, hey, you know what, this year things could be different? Uh, maybe a little bit. Uh, you know, I just think uh, the, the the slip that um, San Diego State had, is, is they're going to take care of that. Rocky Long's not the kind of coach that lets uh, that happen. Fresno State's still good. And then Boise State, you know, the Aggies know you got to go through Boise to get to the championship game in the uh, conference. They're bringing uh, the Nevada coach over to me, and I've got to talk to him now because they're going to take him out of the room supposedly at 4.30, and that was six minutes ago. So I better go get him, and I'll, I'll have more for you guys on Thursday. Look forward That'll to that. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. Thanks, Craig. That uh, is live on the fly. Yes, and he, he, he warned me about an hour ago this might happen because they were running behind schedule – and they still had other coaches that were supposed to come through, and he hadn't really spoken to many yet. So we're glad we got him for what we had him. But uh, he's been doing a great job of sending us up uh, oh, audio phenomenal. of players and oh, coaches. Awesome. He's got more that he's going to be sending, and uh, th- that audio is going to be posted online so folks can uh, go back and listen to that. Um, but, yeah, a lot of optimism. Everybody comes into the season undefeated, and everybody comes into the season with hopes of something better. Uh, or an opportunity to continue something that's that uh, w- was done well the season before. Um, so yeah, w- w- <laughs> we'll see. Tomorrow will be very interesting because it's the Mountain Division schools that Utah State is much more familiar with because they play them every year, and that'll be fun. On Thursday, we'll have all that audio we can get through and, and share with you as well. I I can't believe we're already there. I if it's, honestly, it feels like a month ago. Like, all right, we're back to a one-hour show. We'll take a nice little break, and then, bam, jam, thank you, ma'am. And guess what? It's August first next Thursday, which begins fall camp. And in two Mondays, we're back to a two-hour show. <laughs> it's just it's and amazing. we're we're what f- less than four weeks away from high school football. high school football. Yep, I it's it's amazing. Uh, Eric, when you we'll get into some audio here of uh, I got Fresno State guys. Uh, Juju Hughes, obviously, is one of them. Uh, you got Ronnie Rivers, uh, both of Fresno State, both have Mountain West Conference Championship thoughts on their mind again, and rightfully so. This team is loaded again. We've talked about it before, both defensively and offensively. Uh, is there any, if there's any one weakness Fresno may have going into the season, what would you say it might be that Utah State could attack? Oh boy, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot. But. Yeah, that's that's hard because we haven't Utah State hasn't played them in two years, so I. I I've seen some of their games, but when I saw them, I wasn't paying super close attention, if that makes sense. I mean, observing, but not really watching. Um, so that, that's that's hard for me to say just, uh, you know, off the fly. Yeah. Um, well, I'll because I know they're very good defensively, very good defensively. And uh, how they are offensively, they're, they've been good enough. They've had some good weapons. But um, if Utah State can withstand that pressure defense that they have, they'll have a chance in the game. Well, here is Juju on the last time they played at Utah State, which as Eric has already mentioned was two uh, years yeah, ago. Yeah, we had went up to. Lo- uh, yeah, we had went up to Logan my freshman year. Uh, you know, I was minimum snaps then, a lot of special teams then. Uh, very, very cold when I was there. That's the one thing I do remember. I was freezing all game, but. Good physical football team, though. We went and played. Uh, they got the best of us that game. Um, yeah, good good football team, good program. Uh, glad I don't got to go up to Logan again this year and be in that cold weather, though. I didn't know we beat them last time. Yeah, that was before Tedford uh, came on board. Boy, he's turned that thing around in a 180 degree. And yeah. then, by the way, here is Juju 
on being picked to win the Mountain West. Nah, not at all. You know, it's a compliment, though. You got to, you, you see the programs gaining its respect. People see what we're doing and how we're doing things. So you take it as a compliment, but you can't really buy into it too much. You know, you can't let it adjust how we do things and how we prepare and how we work or anything like that. Kind of just got to keep it in the back of your head as a little compliment. And you got to understand you got that target on your back now. So you got to yeah. prepare the way we've been preparing and whatnot. Keep doing things how we've been doing it. You know, that's the thing is that we talked about Utah State having a target on their back, most likely going to be a top 25 team by the time they get to October 5th at Death Valley versus LSU, which might be a top six team. Fresno State's got just as big of a target. They went to the blue turf and did something that a lot of teams couldn't do, and that's win at Boise State not once, but twice. Yeah, yeah, they're a very, very solid team. Well coached. Uh, they've had a complete culture change. Uh, the... The, that community down there hasn't quite caught on. At least they didn't last year yet. Hopefully, uh, for their sake, they, they do this year because they should be another good football team. Utah State goes to Fresno November 9th, um, and it's going to be a game on CBS Sports Network. It already has a TV partner. It's already got a kickoff time at 5 o'clock our time. So uh, that that is going to be a great football game. I, I and we There's a lot of those this year. I feel like last year, and no offense at all to Utah State Scheduling Committee, but I feel like last year, you're kind of like, oh, Tennessee Tech? Okay. Well, and just the nature of how the, the Mountain West schedule yeah. lined up. I mean, last season was great for, you know, mailing in wins and 40-point <laughs> victories, but this season is far more compelling, far more interesting. The record probably won't be as good as it was last year, but it could be even more rewarding and more interesting. Speaking of which, Utah State and Fresno State could likely, and I say likely, be New Year Six bowl teams. Likely, if based on the fact that they can win their games, uh, they'll have to make a pretty good run too at it. I don't know if Central Florida would be as good as they were last year, but if Utah State can take care of business, maybe. And by the way, one publication picks Utah State to upstate upset LSU. As one of the wow. as one of the ten upsets that they're looking at this year. Wow! Uh, if Utah State can do just that and then beat Fresno or Boise, I like Utah State's chances. And they're probably I'd like to have them beat Boise. You win the Mountain West Conference Championship. Probably are highly ranked. Maybe in one of the uh, at least maybe the one of the top teams out of the Group Five coming out to be able to participate in the New Year's Six Bowl. But the Thompson also talked about the college football playoff expansion and. And, and, and what that could possibly mean and uh, what that entails for, uh, well, college football. We're getting closer. The ideal situation is a playoff. I testified in Congress in 2009. I've been a playoff guy since I've been in college athletics. I, I think it's a, a tremendous opportunity. We all knew this day would come when there's four spots. There's five autonomous conferences with bowl contracts uh, that – somebody's going to be left out or somebody's are going to be left out. And so now we're in that reality. It's been the same conference or conferences a couple times. It's, it's broken. Let's fix it. So, you know, all I can say is, is we've begun conversations. It's been publicized. Uh, the uh, chair of the CFP presidents, Mark Keenum at Mississippi State, we've talked about it in San Jose. Uh, we've spoken about it since. And, and we'll continue to have conversation. But it's... Uh, it's a very complex issue because it involves bowls. It involves uh, a change in format. Are people willing to to televise those additional games at, at a price point, et cetera? But putting the cart ahead of the horse, I don't know if the CFP will expand, but it it's good business to have those conversations, and we're having them. You know, I agree with them. I, I think the college football playoff does need to – I don't know if it needs eight teams, but maybe. But the whole idea of having, for example, Georgia, LSU, Alabama in a college football playoff with like Ohio State, right? Does, it, it doesn't do anything. It's anything. the same teams every year. Now, or granted, at least the same conferences every now, year. Now, granted, LSU's earned it. Alabama's earned it. Clemson has earned it. Right, not to take anything away from I, I'm not saying they haven't earned it. Georgia earned it when they had opportunity to go when sure. they went. But what was Washington doing in there like two years ago and they got flattened? I, I don't know. Sometimes I just kind of wonder if... I'd, I remember... Do you remember... I think we've had this conversation numerous times at Spades too. 
But when Utah in 04 with Urban Myers last year played Pittsburgh in the Fiesta Bowl. Oh, yeah. And then throttled them 35 to 7. Yeah, and that would have been. If you, they could have lined up against a better team. And then. Because the only reason they were there is because they were the. They were the the best in their conference, which was an automatic qualifier. Yeah, it was the only reason why because there were many more qualified and teams. Everybody thought that Pittsburgh was going to just up run over with Dave Wanstead, and then it just turned upside down, inside out from. And then they play Alabama in '09 in the Sugar Bowl, and everyone's saying, "Well, Alabama's coming in ticked off, losing to Florida and Tim Tebow." I mean, it's going to be like a thirty-five point blowout. Utah shouldn't even been there in the first place. Utah was up twenty-one nothing in the blink of an eye, and Alabama was going nuts. Right. I mean, it's just stuff like that where you want to see the best teams get a chance. And I feel like, I honestly today still feel like an outside Group 5 team, if ranked and eligible for a New Year's Six Bowl, should be at least one spot in the college football playoff. Let them have a shot. And if they get beat 42 nothing, they get beat 42 nothing. But I remember last year, when was it Clemson who flattened Notre Dame? Or is it uh, or yeah. Alabama? Yeah, Clemson who flattened Notre Dame. Notre Dame I mean, didn't even look like they belonged. And that's the thing here is if you have a team like Fresno State, I think would be a sexy fit in that playoff because they got a good defense, they got a great offense. I think Utah State would be another good team. Give them a shot; they earn it. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't see why, why not to to expand. I, I think there are significant revenue opportunities. Uh, the problem is you have these bowls that have deep history and also deep pockets, um, and. Uh, there's the the big argument about extending the season and things like this. And uh, it's one thing to prepare for one bowl game, but if you're doing a playoff, you have to prepare for multiple. So, but you know what? The, these it, it it needs to be expanded. It needs because there's there's always going to be discussion about teams that got left out that deserve to be in there. And I I get when you expand it, then you're just pushing the that discussion a little bit further lower on the poll. Um, and does okay instead of who gets in versus eight and nine instead of five or four and five, but I, I think there are opportunities there. I think there there are teams that deserve opportunities to to play for that chance, um, and it, and people will tune in. People will watch. Oh yeah, it'll earn money. They want to know. So they want to know. I still remember when Hawaii went to the Sugar Bowl versus Georgia in 08 oh, got and got just shellacked like forty two to three by Georgia, but you know what? It was a good thing for the college football world to see a team other than Ohio State, other than Michigan, other than Notre Dame, playing a big bowl like that. I don't care if they got flattened. I like that they were invited. Right. It, at least the opportunity was there. I mean, that somebody that wasn't in the power conferences had that opportunity. Yeah, they didn't take advantage of it, but, but the door was open. Oh, dude, they it could was Georgia, too, and it was pretty much in Georgia's backyard. Yeah. So, well, by the way, speaking of bowls, here's Commissioner Thompson on the bowl tie-ins for the Mountain West Conference. Yes, we will have six, and you know we won't have to do the dance too much longer. Hopefully, of, of trying to place that that seventh or eighth team. But you know, it, it's probably been more times than not that we have found homes for all eligible teams. But again, it's a tough situation to to not get everybody placed. Here's my problem with this: is that the bowl tie-in for the Mountain West included the Idaho Potato Bowl, but yet Wyoming, who had six wins, got booted out because they wanted to put BYU in there and watch BYU win like forty-two to seventeen versus Western Kentucky, when that bowl really belonged to Wyoming. That still irritates me to this day. I think if the bowl belongs to a conference, you give that bowl to the conference. Don't reward an independent football team who is tip dancing around other conferences because they are so picky about it and want their own little TV deal. But Ajay, it, I, I get that. But at the end of the day, it's about selling tickets. They and didn't it, sell a lot of tickets for BYU, man. They felt like they were going to get more tickets sold from BYU fans coming to the game than they would from Wyoming. Well, it didn't work. Well, then put BYU versus Wyoming. Why do you send Western Kentucky well, out that, that's to... Their, that's their bowl? Uh, yeah, this, this is a bowl arrangement. Well, guess what? Guess what the bowl arrangement has? The Mountain West did it, <laughs> I know, not BYU. I, I know. I agree. I think that the uh, that uh, the Mountain West should have the first priority uh, to have its bowl tie-ins met. Uh, and uh, Commissioner Thompson sounds like that's... 
that that's getting a little bit rectified and to make sure that they have those opportunities for those teams to get into bowls. I hope so. I hope so. Last thing, uh, this one's kind of interesting on teams and, and shuffling conference. Eric, you, you, you cut this audio. Kind of tease it here. So the question was posed. UConn announced that it's going to be leaving uh, the uh, American Athletic Conference. And they're an independent in football. So the question was asked, are, are you aware of, Mr. Thompson, are you aware of any teams in the Mountain West that may be looking to, to change? Or do you foresee another realignment taking place in college football? The first part of the question was, he says, I have, I have not had anybody ask me about leaving the Mountain West. He did say that. He wanted to make sure everybody knew there have been no discussions with any schools about leaving the Mountain West. And then he followed it with this. I don't anticipate a seismic shift like we had, was it six years, seven years ago, because of the media rights. And a lot of people, now it's just a lawsuit waiting to happen, but they've assigned their media rights. Uh, the members in the Mountain West Conference have not assigned their media rights, but we have the ability to negotiate on their behalf. But um, because of, of the financial perspective, you know, people paid tens of millions of dollars to leave particular leagues to join new leagues, and, and now that, that revenue has risen even higher. So I, I just don't see it happening. Thoughts? Um, interesting. I, I think that as the new TV deals start to come close to, be, to expiring, that it might change. Uh, that was my thought. But as, as he's putting it, he, 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 he doesn't see that really on the horizon. So I'm actually a little surprised by that. Because I would have thought that there, there might be some reshuffling that could be coming up. But uh, at least if there is, he doesn't see it coming. Interesting. Very interesting stuff. So I think that the way things are, looks like it's going to be like that. Uh, now, there are more schools adding football at lower levels. Uh, it's, it's More schools are adding football than dropping football. Uh, when these schools, if they have those desires to move up into this uh, college football uh, bowl subdivision, or what do they call it now, Division One, uh, then there might be some more talk about some some changes that happen. But that would mostly happen with like the Mac or the Sun Belt. Um, so I don't see that the Mountain West is going to be changing much, and certainly the the Power Five conferences. I don't know that they're going to change much um, because the, those media rights deals are there. And but could be wrong. You know, when these start to expire <laughs> and the, the media landscape changes. Uh, and uh, because people, more and more people are cutting the cord and are not watching on traditional television nearly as much as they used to. So these uh, these TV deals are going to be changed and they're going to be looking a lot different. And he's, he's actually spent, Craig Thompson spent a lot of time talking about online, streaming, uh, watching it on devices, but still wanting to have it on uh, traditional television. So trying to find a balance between both. Uh, that's kind of what they're trying to consider for the future of the Mountain West. All right, we got to take a break. Step aside, coming back, we'll put a pretty ball on it. Call it a day. I remember. We got a stat and player. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we got to get a stat and player. We got to do it quick. Uh, coming back while we're stat and our player, Thursday, we've got a absolutely delicious show with a very special guest coming on. Eric France and Object Salveson. It's 1069 1390 AM. The fan. Daryl's Appliance provides the best repair service. Daryl's techs are trained to pre diagnose your repair problem before they arrive at your home, so it can be completed on their first trip. As a plus, Daryl's parts department is stocked from A to Z for you do it yourselfers. And Daryl's has used parts to save you money dishwasher baskets, bake elements, microwave trays, and more. For sales and service since 1970, it's Daryl's Appliance, West on Airport Road. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. (laughs) 
Eric France and Aldi South from 455 through time. We got about 90 seconds left with you. Let's go ahead and get to it. Our stat. We're not going to do a player this week. We're just going to do a stat due to time. Eric, go ahead. All right, my stat. This was the Astros. Houston Astros had an Apollo 11 night recently because we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the moon landing here. So a couple of interesting things from this game. 11 strikeouts for Garrett Cole. The 11th win for Cole. 11 runs for the Astros. 11th run scored on the 11th batter of the third inning. 11th hit of the game drove in the 11th run. Coincidence? No way. I don't know. That's courtesy of MLB Stats. I love it. ESPN Stats Info gives you this. Travis Dionard of on July 21st became the first catcher ever to hit a grand slam, a leadoff home run, and a walk-off home run within the same calendar month. Eric, he did that within three games. Back-to-back-to-back games. Ooh. A leadoff home run, a grand slam, and a walk-off home run. Wow. Hello. Talk, talk about not wanting to see a guy at the plate anymore. A quick update uh, about uh, oh, yes. Keta. Looks like an MRI on his uh, sprain and dislocation of his left knee. Meniscus and ACL injuries have been ruled out. So it looks like it is a minor injury. So hopefully that doesn't affect uh, his upcoming season. Take a deep breath. We'll see you Thursday. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Tom Brady reported for his 20th training camp this week, which raises a tough question for the media. Do you celebrate all Brady and Coach Bill Belichick have accomplished in the two decades they've been together? Or do you focus on the fact that the Patriots still might be the best team in the NFL? We may want to look back at their six Super Bowl championships, but there's no indication that Brady and Belichick are ready to slow down. Of course, the Patriots do have some challenges. They announced that Super Bowl MVP Julian Edelman will miss a couple of weeks with a thumb injury, and they lost their left tackle and best pass rusher in free agency. But the Patriots always face adversity. Every season, it seems like they're on the brink. With Brady and Belichick there, it doesn't seem to matter. They find a way to win. We can wait for their decline all we want. But until we're proven wrong, it's safer to assume Tom Brady and Bill Belichick will stay at the top of their game. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.